Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, my people? What is going on, everyone? For those of you new to the show, I'm John Middlecock. This is a three and out podcast. For those of you that have been here for a while, well, actually, you just come twice a week. Welcome back. I'm glad you're still here. Uh, For those of you that listen through Colin's feed, I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to my feed. Same show. It's just got a separate feed. Three and out podcast. Go subscribe. Uh, For those of you that want to get on the show, Instagram at John Middlecock is the way you get on the show. You fire in those direct messages, and you get your question answered here in the Middlecoff Mailbag. Uh, and for those of you that like the show, if you could leave a review on the 3 Now podcast, I would tip my hat to you. That, that really, really helps. This is also a podcast, so I have to talk about things. Some thoughts. I, I saw something on Antonio Brown's Instagram that connects with Brady, Rodgers, and Russell Wilson I will dive into. This kind of uh, explosive story might be strong. But the story revolving around Tua Tonga-Vailoa and all of his interceptions have some takes on there from his uh, week of mini camps. Then, of course, Middlecoff mailbag and uh, get you out of here. Won't, won't take up too much of your time. Just enjoy, you know, a little late week, weekend, little podcast. Let's rock and roll. Okay, I, I wanted to touch on it. it. It hit me. I don't watch, like, Real Housewives. I really don't watch any reality TV. The only reality TV I do is follow sports, which you, you could argue, I mean, the NFL is arguably the biggest reality television show in America right now. So are all the other leagues, the NBA, baseball, golf, U.S. Open's going on right now in the background. 
of recording this. Like they, they, that is my reality television. Uh, and luckily, I've been able to do this for a living and can make money off talking essentially about reality television. But one thing I'm probably still a sucker for is following some people either on Instagram or Twitter that are kind of my, re, you know, real housewives. And Antonio Brown, who once upon a time got traded to the to the Oakland, yeah, they were the Oakland Raiders at the time. Pretty crazy move, right? Remember, he went scorched earth on the Steelers. They shipped him to Mayock and Gruden. And by the time that he came in on the blimp to training camp, his feet were burned off. He didn't even make it to week one. Ended up playing for the Patriots for a week, and then even Belichick cut him. I follow Antonio Brown on Instagram. Not exactly sure why, but that is my, you know, kind of, uh, that would be my real housewives. Like, I, 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 don't, I have no reason to follow him on Instagram. But I'm glad I did. Because I saw something this week that made me think. And he was working out at Tampa Bay at their facilities inside the weight room and on the field. Their, you know, mandatory minicamp happened a week ago. They are gone for the summer. He is there working out with Tom Brady's guy, Alex Guerrero. And it made me think. So it's really not about Antonio Brown. It's about what that represents. And let's start with this. I've been lucky enough to know some really, like growing up, some family friends. I had a best friend's dad who was really successful, CEO of the company, guys that started big-time businesses that were just around my you know little town of Davis, California. Whether it be a big farmer or a guy in, uh, in the medical field. These guys ran million-dollar corporations. And as they got older, they became very stubborn. And most of the super rich, successful people I've known, non-football coaches, get very stubborn in their older age. And I think that goes for anyone, whether you're super rich or not. You know, the famous saying goes, you don't teach uh, an old dog new tricks. Like, we kind of become who we are if we let ourselves. Especially once you become successful, it's easy to, you know, validate to yourself, like, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to listen. Even though you might never have been successful in the first place if that was your mindset. But there is something to be said about having conviction and kind of standing by what you believe in. And I think if we look back on the way everything happened with Brady and Belichick, I don't blame Belichick for having, you know, very, very strict policies and struggling with being open-minded when it came to Brady and Alex Guerrero. Because remember, that was a pretty explosive story. Letting him travel with the team, letting him work out at the team facilities, and that was a driving force of split in Tom and Bill. Because to act like Tom just left Bill because he was an asshole, like Tom was around that asshole the entire time and they kicked ass and they took names. Everyone listening, if your favorite team is not the Patriots, you watch Tom and Bill roll in and kick the shit out of your squad. We've all seen it. In September through December to the playoffs. They beat everybody. I mean, we so they worked fine together with his personality. But there gets to a point where Tom, and I don't blame him for this, as he got in his late 30s and even early 40s, he goes, the reason I'm still kicking butt, the reason I'm still dominating is this guy. And you clearly like like what I'm doing dominating. You have to let incorporate this guy. And Bill struggled with it. I listened to a Julian Edelman, Chris Long podcast recently. And Julian said something that I didn't know. But it makes sense. 
No pictures are allowed in the team facility in New England. When you walk in, you can't take you know any pictures of anything. And that was something recently that got the 49ers in trouble. One of their players had Instagrammed out a video of him picking off a guy in rookie OTAs. Well, it turns out it was press man, him throwing the receiver. You're not allowed to do that. And the Niners got docked. They got in trouble. There's a reason behind Bill's madness. It actually makes a lot of sense. But I do believe that part of the split between Brady and Belichick was Belichick's inability to ever be open-minded with stuff. Because in fairness, he was very dead set on certain things and his rules, and they worked. And they worked forever. But I think it's fair to say that last year, if they could have mended the relationship, they would have been better off with Tom Brady, right? And it's not like Tom regrets leaving. He freaking won the Super Bowl. And he got to do it on his terms. But seeing Guerrero work with Tampa Bay, I give the Bucs credit. What are they? Tom, what do you need, bro? You need this? You need that? We're here for you. Alex, you, you want us to pay him? We'll give him a couple hundred grand, put him on staff as well. He wants to work out other guys on the team. Antonio Brown, Gronk, Mike Evans, have at it. Mi casa is su casa. And that was something Tom Brady got with Tampa that he was never going to get in New England. He knew it. You knew it. We all know it. And it's playing out right now in front of our eyes on Instagram. And if I, I wouldn't even have been privy to this if I wasn't a sucker for Antonio Brown's Instagram account. And I see him training in the weight room by themselves. That is not that normal, right? But I give Tampa credit for being open-minded, and which they should have been. They hadn't made the playoffs in 12 years. Tom, whatever, whatever you want, bro. Alex, does he have any play ideas? Tell him to tell Bruce. This, this, you're part of this. You, you're basically, we can't give you equity in the team. That's the, their league bylaws behind that. But we want you to be a partner in that operation. So who, whoever your people are, bring them. Isn't that how business is done? Once we start doing business together and we become partners, like some of your people come into my life, some of my people come into your life. It's all intertwined. And Belichick was very big on separating church and state. I'm a coach, you're a player. I tell you what to do, even if you're the GOAT, even if you are one of the greatest, I mean, arguably the greatest player of all time. That was never going to change. Here's something that also stood out to me. One driving conversation just in the sports landscape is that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson have felt slighted by their teams because they don't get the same treatment as Tom Brady gets with Tampa Bay. And the more and more I've thought about that and kind of let that resonate with me, I think that is beyond moronic. Part of Tom Brady's equity with anyone First and foremost, is in a salary cap league, and this was his beef with New England, and it's definitely one of the points of differentiation he has when, quote-unquote, demanding, I don't think he's demanding anything, but getting extra, you know, positive treatment when it comes to uh, Tampa Bay. He takes a freaking discount. What did they say in Mad Men, Once Upon a Time, John Hamm? That's what the money is for. When I pay you a premium and then you don't actually accomplish everything humanly possible, which is it all their fault? No, but Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers do not win the Super Bowl like Tom Brady. Yet, they both make $35, $38 million. Tom, who is infinitely more accomplished and consistently more accomplished because he wins way more than both those guys, 
makes dramatically less. And I have no problem with anyone taking the max amount of money. It's fucking capitalism. Do whatever you want. But there are consequences to that. It's like, hey, Aaron, hey, Russell, we pay you $10, $15 million more than Tom. So they just have more wiggle room in their franchise. He does not have to put... Remember, when he went to Tampa, $25 million a year. For example, Dak Prescott makes $15 million more. So right off the bat, he's doing them a solid. So when you talk about equity, when you talk about a partnership, he's already all in. He has a point, he has an advantage that like those, he, those guys are just, hey man, we appreciate what you did. What can we do for you? You want Alex to freaking get his own private jet? We'll fly him around. What do you need? But here's the other thing. For 20 years, 20 years, Tom produced win after win after win, discount after discount after discount, Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Six Super Bowls before he showed up in Tampa. Six. Countless MVPs, I think two. But he had won way more than these guys. At the end of the day, you guys actually don't have as much in common with Tom Brady as you like to think, despite being elite quarterbacks, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, you guys create this diva persona, and let's face it, can be a pain in the ass for your organization, where Tom, if anything, the only pain in the ass for New England was always the fans like, Bill, just give in a little to Tom. Like, even the diehard Patriot people, which in the bunker with Tom and Bill... I think everyone would acknowledge, like, Bill, just, just give in on this. Just be a little nicer to him. You know, just, if he wants that, just give it to him. He's earned that right. I don't know, with two decades worth of ass-kicking, where these guys, it's like, well, Aaron, we just paid you a premium, and, and you've won with the team that we've put around you, and now you're bitching and moaning? Russ, now you're claiming you don't want to get traded? Like, Tom, let's just face it, isn't as fraudulent as those guys when it comes to his consistency of actions. And I, we can keep hearing these guys compare themselves to Tom. They, they don't have that much in common. They, they just don't. And, and listen, fair or not, his quote-unquote discount, his yearly salary, given his production and what he brings to the table gives him a huge advantage when a team is going to want to listen to his results, right? Because what he is for them is the ultimate cash cow. Now, obviously, Russell and Aaron Rodgers are for their franchise. They clearly help their teams win, but they never get over the hump. Where Tom, when you factor in the ROI, return on investment, there will never, in the history of sports, be a better ROI than Tom. And it ain't even close. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. 
Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. Okay, I wanted to dive into Tua and some of the interceptions and his story that went viral. For those of you that didn't see, midweek he threw a bunch of picks and it went viral and everyone was crushing him on social media. Even though no one actually saw it beside the team that was there and some media members. But I want to just, let's go inside the podcast. I probably, since I've been doing this podcast, have done countless segments that I would either get halfway through or maybe even finish and go, that sucked. I need to do that again. And you as a listener only heard the final version, right? I don't cut and paste anything with the podcast, but I do every segment individually, like the segment I'm doing right now. And if I midway through or at the end, I'm like, that was fucking terrible. I could just delete it and do it again. Because I don't get judged by any of you until we actually put the podcast out. Think how many meetings, if you're listening to this, you have gone to, whether it's business acquisition, whether it's a sales pitch, whatever. That person you're trying to do business with does not judge you for anything that you did getting ready for the meeting. Why? They don't see it. You have long meetings. How are we going to pitch this? What's our what's our rate? What do we want out of the deal? There's a reason golfers go to the driving range. Do you know what never counts on your scorecard in the sport of golf? The driving range. You can hit it like Tiger Woods on the driving range. You can shank it left and right on the driving range. It doesn't matter. It's there. I don't know. As Allen Iverson said, 
for practice. In football, the great part about the sport is you get judged once a week. And what you do throughout the week in the season, really no one knows because the media is not allowed in. They, they just they get 15 minutes during practice, like during the offseason and during training camp. For someone like me, I could go watch all the practices, right? The mandatory mini camps, and then once training camp starts, we have full access. So we can say everything that we see what if we go to a team's practice. Once the season starts, and really, I think it's like the last week of training camp, that ends. And honestly, smart move by the NFL. I would not allow the media to go to regular season practices. There is too much specific game plan stuff going on. But you get to work out the quirks of the game plan during the week. It's why how many stories in the history of football with when games are played the following day have guys like Peter King written about, oh, we tweaked this on Friday night. We saw something on Saturday night in a walkthrough at the hotel and we made this tweak. And then it leads to a touchdown. It leads to an interception, whatever. That is the way the sport is played. Part of practice is to figure out what you're doing, to make mistakes. You don't learn when it comes to success. You learn through failures, right? That is how you learn. And I am by no means some Tua diehard. I am very, very, how would I say, I wouldn't say out on him, but nervous about what I saw last year. Though, I do understand where the defenders come in and say, he hurt his hip, they, their offensive skill guys weren't that good, he's, you know, he's, he's 21 years old, give him some time. I'm okay with doing that. I will not, by any means, judge a guy for throwing interceptions in practice. In freaking June, they have brand new skill guys, right? They signed a wide receiver. They drafted a wide receiver high. You're working on things. I can live with throwing interceptions right now. Find out what the timing is. Find out where you can push. Find out where you can't. Learn your own skill set at this level. This is not Alabama. You are not going to kick the crap at everyone. As we saw last year when it comes to Tua, you're an equal now. And depending on who you're playing, you're not even an equal. You're worse than an equal. You have to figure out your skill set, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you can do, what you can't do. The only time to figure that out in the sport of football is in practice. And luckily, in the way this sport is you know, played, there's a ton of practice. Now, if he's throwing picks consistently in games, we got a problem. Guess who's never won or lost a game in the middle of June? Any NFL team or any NFL player and definitely a quarterback. They've never thrown an interception in the middle of June that have counted on their football reference page. And I'm pretty sure and I feel pretty confident that that will never happen. So I get the overreaction. A lot of it has to do with how poor he looked on the field last year. And that is fair. Because we can't deny what we saw. It wasn't good. We saw Herbert. We saw Tua. One guy looked a complete on a just in a different universe as the other player. And Tua was drafted ahead of him. Like, I I hate to say it, like, those two guys are synonymous forever. Like, part of the reason Mitch Trubisky got extra heat was, like, Mahomes and Watson went after him. So who goes after you when you're a quarterback is how you get judged. Like, the reason the Eagles took a lot of shit is they took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Now, after one year, looks terrible. Let's check back in three or four years. Could change. 
Same thing with Tua and Herbert, though it feels very unlikely. But, like, I, I, we can't, and I get it. It's part of the media cycle. It's part of social media to just dramatize and have hard opinions. And you know me. I got no problem t- taking a stance. This ain't the time, though. And to act like he sucks because he threw some picks in practice, you get yourself in trouble doing that. Because I remember the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo had a practice where he threw three straight, literally three back-to-back-to-back passes for pick six in a training camp practice. Then later that week, they played on Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. This was a preseason game, and Jimmy Garoppolo looked like a practice squad player. Then he went on by far to have the best season of his career. I mean, he hasn't started that much, but he played well was a starting quarterback for a Super Bowl team. Never forget, people in training camp. Now, I would say this for Tua. Training camp's a little different than the offseason. It's a, maybe not the first week of training camp, but if you're throwing picks consistently after multiple preseason games, that could be a concern. But to act like anything, and I repeat, anything matters, good or bad, when it comes to a quarterback and the result of a pass in a practice in the middle of June, I got to pump the brakes. I I, I really do. And uh, I, I just think we have to allow people to work through some stuff. And, and that's not, obviously society's getting away from that. Everything's instant. We need it now. We need it perfect. Like, let him figure some stuff out. Like, I'll, as someone who's borderline, you know, closer to out than being in on Tua, I'm going to allow him some struggles in the offseason. I don't know of his first ever offseason running with the ones in the National Football League. So let's just pump the brakes, everybody. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up in and get your question answered here. Let's start with, uh, let's start with Brett. Question for the pot. You ever watch any hockey? I was listening to the podcast and you touched on how NBA and Major League Baseball executives and players may not care for the regular season, and that's why the NFL is crushing them. Well, the NHL is similar to the NFL. Hockey players play hard every game, 80-plus game a year, and the Stanley Cup playoffs is one of the most entertaining events. I know it's not popular as baseball, basketball, but you see the parallels between the NHL and the NFL. Players care and play physical day in, day out. You see the NHL becoming more and more popular with the disease and attention, uh, with the decrease in attention from the other two sports. I have been watching a little hockey because, uh, you know, if you just follow the Barstool accounts, the Islanders have become a big deal with what what they do as a business. So I just started paying attention to the Islanders, and I watched them against the Bruins, basically the whole series. It was fantastic. Vegas, if you turn on a Las Vegas hockey game, they are going, you know, nuts. It's a, it's an awesome environment. Hockey's biggest issue in America is we just don't play. You know, basketball and baseball's built-in advantages. I, I played Little League. I played eighth grade basketball. I played, I played those sports growing up. I actually played roller hockey, but just kind of screwing around just because roller blades were in. We watch what we play. The most kids in America, at some, usually in high school, play a little football. So you have a large percentage of kids in America 
relative to the other sports that have just played football. Even if it's just a year. I played ninth grade. I played my junior year in high school. Most kids, like me, played four years in high school. So you just become, you fall in love with the sport. You get to play with your buddies. No different like a guy that plays baseball in high school. He's just going to like baseball or basketball. I played golf in high school. That's why I like golf, right? I mean, we just, we like what we watch or what we're, I remember when in, uh, in college going to Europe, everyone has a soccer ball. You see people kicking around the soccer ball. Italy, Spain, soccer ball's freaking everywhere. Soccer's their life. I mean, they, they freaking love it. I don't blame them. That's just what they know. We know football, baseball, and basketball. Despite, I'm with you, I, I was watching the NHL playoffs, and it was like trying to watch, I, had, I have, you know, two TVs, and on my other TV, I had the basketball playoff game. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's more intense. It does feel like football, and it's violent, and you know in America, we love violence. It's not just America. I mean, it's human nature. We love violent stuff. We love to be entertained by violence. We have in the history of time. <laughs> and, you know, I'd say the good part about modern civilization is it's controlled violence, not as crazy. Unless you're a UFC guy, a little crazy there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think, uh, I don't know if they could grow in popularity, but I do feel the product's good. Hey, John, love the pod. It's only the middle of June and I'm already sick of the media making a big deal about NFL players getting vaccinated or not. Don't they realize how violent a game they sign up for to play? Also, NFL players are among the healthiest humans on the planet, so it's completely understandable why they wouldn't want an emergency vaccine. Unfortunately, with the current media landscape, I feel like this isn't going away. Well, just in general, when it comes to Corona, I think the overall media landscape, they were the most emotional by far. That uh, They celebrated lockdowns time and time again. Uh, they didn't, like, let's face it, a lot of them deny it. They wanted sports canceled last year. They were extremely, they're an emotional group. <laughs> they, they really are. Uh, I also think that them constantly asking these players is a little weird. Uh, but I also, I guess, get it. It's their job. I guess. I, I don't know. I, I actually feel like just big picture, most of the media uh, lost a lot of credibility over the last year. I think a lot of us common, normal people in society, they don't resonate with us that much anymore. Uh, Their risk tolerance and all the people in my life's risk tolerance are completely different. But Corona didn't phase my life. I was lucky enough in the job I do, didn't phase me at all financially. Did a little at the beginning. But like I I was not, I never for one second was scared. Uh, Was around a lot of people with Corona, unfazed by it. Now, I got the vaccine recently. I got it for business, though, because I know when I want to go to 49er practice in training camp, do you know what I don't want to be able to have to do? Wear a mask or have to follow these stupid-ass rules. And I think the NFL is telling these guys, if you get the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. You can just do whatever you want. You don't have to get tested. Like, I don't understand why the NBA is still testing players. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's stupid. It's all for theater. The NFL is not into theater. They're into printing money. And the way they print money is their games. And if you threaten their games, you're threatening their business. And that's why the NFL is like, listen, you have to get vaccinated. So the NFL is really kind of pushing it just because they want business as normal. They don't want to have any more tests. They don't have to want to have to worry about it. And like I, listen, the media is going to do their own thing. But I think big picture, the NFL, just like the, the entire country is open. Even California, we, no masks anymore. 
even though the irony is everywhere I go, people were in a mask. It's like, well, I'm sure if you're wearing a mask still, you're vaccinated. Are you a fraud? Like, are you a science denier? Because we shot, shut down the economy for people like you, yet when you're told by literally the scientists, take that fucking thing off, you still got it on. What are we doing? And that, to me, kind of, those people kind of represent most of the media. So I get why they're always on these players like, Sam Darnold, why don't you do it? He's like, well, I'm 25. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I am of, I'm more risk walking across the street. But the NFL is telling you, get this thing so we can play. It's really that simple. Now, that's not the way the media, when they talk about it, sounds, but that's all the NFL cares about. And really, all they should, because they want to get their business up rocking and rolling again. Uh, John, I'm a big-time fan of the show. It provides a nice escape from the rigors of everyday life. That being said, how much stock do you put into minicamp performances? For example, two or through five picks on a day, one of camp, and six touchdowns the next. Is minicamp somewhat irrelevant from a performance standpoint compared to preseason games? Uh, yes, I, I think minicamp, as we talked about earlier, is pretty irrelevant. But, I mean, what else are we going to talk about at this time of year? So I, I get why people are talking about it, but I think I went over that. <clears throat> hey, John, back to the whole Le'Veon situation. With him sitting out on the franchise tag that year, it always seems like he's being thrown under the bus when anyone can do it. I don't think he got thrown under the bus. He was celebrated. The, the media, all the football people, all the former players, I mean, they were like, get it, Le'Veon! You did it! He, he was, they put him on a pedestal for taking a stand. Call me crazy, but wasn't it that the right move? If he played out the tag that year, $14 million, and suffered a major injury like Dak did, there's no way the Jets would have given him $35 million guaranteed. They gave him twenty-seven. Considering the fact that he hasn't been the same player since the 17, I think that might be the correct financial move by sitting out. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a disastrous move because you get hurt doing anything playing football. He played the last two years, didn't get hurt. Like, I mean, maybe he had a hamstring or whatever, but he he made a $14 million move. I mean, he's $14 million less rich right now. He has $27 million, but he would have had 14 and then he would have had 27. And maybe playing with the Steelers, where he was good, he might have even made more. The Jets were so desperate. They gave a guy $27 million that no one else would touch him. If it wasn't for the clown Jets, like there weren't that many people lined up because he hadn't played. You get paid to play. I, I, I truly believe it's one of the worst decisions financially any player's ever made in my life. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I live in Central Phoenix, and I've been listening to you and the Ham Podcast for quite a while now. My brother and I will be in Northern California at the end of July, and I thought I'd hit you up to see if you had any recommendations for any good golf courses we should play while we're passing through. Nothing too crazy expensive like Harding Park or Pebble, but a few courses that are sweet that you may recommend. Uh, I would try Carica. It's in Alameda. I would try Chardonnay or Eagle Vines. It's in Napa. Very reasonably priced. I would try Calippi. It's in Pleasanton. Just to name a few. Those are public courses that are all under $100. Personally, I would play Harding Park. I think Harding Park's pretty sweet. Hey, man, been listening to you for a while from Memphis, started from the herd, and can't get enough of you. My dad and I are huge fans. Any way you could debate any way you could debate Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, would love to hear that. I just want to rub it in my dad's face how much better Tom Brady is than Aaron Rodgers. Well, individually, Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom, right? Better athlete, better arm. Uh, probably, I, we have to check the numbers. His price feels a little more accurate. That could be wrong. But yeah, I mean, Tom wins a lot more. Now, as Tom, Aaron Rodgers lost at home this year. That, that was just a bad loss. It really was. <clears throat> I mean, really, Aaron's career is going to end with one Super Bowl, more than likely. That's pretty crazy. Because he was arguably the most talented player in the league for 10 years. But as we know, talent, like, talent doesn't equal just, talent is not everything. And football is a team game, and Aaron's defense has let him down at different times, but Tom's better for sure. Huge fan of the show and all you do. I wanted to ask what your thoughts are on the Jets going into this upcoming season and the potential of their defense after a few injury-riddled COVID years. I can't help but think this talented group, outside of two starters at corner, that this group has the potential to help the Jets be a legit team. Feels like as long as Zach Wilson doesn't pull a Darnold and throw Pick six is his first throw in the league with at least a decent performance from this team. They can win eight games. I don't know. Their team is not that talented. 
and they have a rookie quarterback and a first-time head coach and a first-time play caller and a first-time defensive coordinator, even though Sala technically is a you know defensive guy, but he's not the coordinator. I, I To me, five wins feels about right. They're just not that good. And they're division stacked. Bills are loaded. Dolphins are good. Patriots going to be better. I, I think if they want five games but showed some promise and still had a you know a top 7-8 pick, they'd be in pretty good shape. Uh, I I do not think the Jets are going to be very good. Unless Zach Wilson is like rookie of the year, which I am not expecting. I I'm I'm just not. And I'm not that's not trying to be a hater. I'm I'm just being realistic. Uh I think we'll end it there. Keep it a short short and sweet, nice little pod. You guys know the drill. At John Middlecoff, shoot me an Instagram if you want. Yeah, tell your friends about the podcast. Have a great weekend. Peace. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.